Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. are living in a world where telling the truth has declined drastically. And in some places, it doesn't even matter anymore. For example, in a courtroom, uh, ask any lawyer and they'll just laugh. Perjury is uh, routine. Judges expected, lawyers expected, people are just going to lie under oath because nothing happens to them. Very, very rarely are perjury cases pursued unless you lie to an FBI agent or something like that at that level. But in a courtroom, civil or criminal, you lie, even if it's proved that you do, nothing will happen. All right. And in the media, it's the same thing. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So this is a terrible situation because once truth breaks down in any country, then the country itself starts to slide because you've got to have a realistic basis of what is real and what is not. Now, I'm going to give you two vivid examples. These are small ball. These are not important examples, but they're so in your face that I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. All right, the first one is last night on the Colbert program with CNN uh, host Don Lemon. Go. 
The word on the street is that you guys aren't allowed to be liberal anymore. Is that is that the case? I don't think we ever were liberal. What? Yes, I don't think we ever were. That, not me saying that. That's the people out there saying that he's not letting you be liberal anymore. Well, I, listen, I think that I think what Chris is saying is that he wants Republicans, sensible Republicans. He wants us to hold people to account, but he wants people to come on and feel comfortable with coming on and talking on mm-hmm. on CNN and appearing on, on CNN. All right, so the guy just says, um, "I don't think we were ever liberal," and that's just. You're not even close. It's not debatable. The reason that CNN has destroyed itself is because it went to the far left progressive movement and uh, combined that with trying to destroy Donald Trump. And, and you can't have two cable networks doing the same thing, MSNBC and CNN, because the audience splits and there aren't enough people. And that's what happened. And so they brought in this guy, Chris, that's who he's referring to, uh, Lick. Um, to stop the liberal uh, bent, which he hasn't done, by the way, but to moderate it a little bit. And he has moderated a little, a smidgen, as they say, but not much. So Lemon, he sits there and he just um, says, well, it's never been liberal. Now, Lemon may believe that, but he's delusional. You see, that's not something that's debatable. It's overwhelmingly false, what Lemon just said. Okay, example number two comes from MSNBC about the border. Go. You know, we should not be perpetuating a conversation about a crisis that is a human drama, but that this United States is not being overrun, flooded by uncontrollable situations on the border. That's not happening in terms of tens of thousands of people trying to get no i do want to endorse maria's point absolutely about the fear mongering there is no crisis at the border okay so again delusional i mean the pictures the stats more than five million um encounters with migrants uh since joe biden was inaugurated and perhaps a million or two more that have gotten in without any encounters uh, people in El Paso and Brownsville, Texas, and uh, there's a state of emergency in the state of Texas. I mean, it's just, and you got these people, and that's NBC. That's Comcast, NBC. They don't care. They know it's false, and there's nobody going to call them on it, but it wouldn't matter. You could go stat after stat after stat after stat after stat, and these people are not going to acknowledge the truth because they have their truth, whatever that may be. Now, the danger here is, number one, cynicism. And Americans are now become so cynical about the media and politicians that, you know, you know, how do you know a politician's lying when his lips are moving? Right. I mean, we've all heard that. But also a lack of respect for our institutions like the criminal justice system. How can you respect a system that fosters lying, perjury, that won't punish it? You can't. I don't have any respect for the justice system in this country, none. Zero. Federal, state, local, I have zero respect for it. It's fallen apart. It's collapsed. And the media, I have even less respect for, as you know. That's why we do this independent broadcast, which is basically an honest 
portrayal of what happens in this country based on facts, provable facts. That's what we do. But again, uh, this, I don't see any counter to this. It's not going to happen in uh, the grade schools or the high schools or college or journalism schools. Or It's not going to happen. There are some honest people around, but they're not in the majority any longer. Certainly in corporate America, they are not in the majority. They will mislead you all day long for money. Okay, that's what you just saw. These people do that for money. Lemon and the other two, I mean, they say what they think the audience wants to hear for money. That's what they do. But again, it all comes back down to people believe what they want to believe. And if you are in that category, and I hope you are not, okay, then it's going to come get you. All right, if you are believing falsehoods, if you are living in a fantasy world, if you are indeed delusional, it's going to catch up. Life will catch up to you. So it's an important uh, Talking Points memo tonight. It affects every single one of us. Right now, I put our media on the par with the Russian media, Putin. Whatever Putin tells the Russian media to do, it does. It, you can't get in reliable information. You cannot get reliable information from the corporate media in this country anymore. And that's a memo. All right, President Biden's in uh, uh, Freeland, Michigan today, <laughs> telling everybody that the uh, economy is booming. Okay, this goes right back to what I just talked about. So the economy is not booming. Now, certain sectors, and maybe where he is, in a manufacturing place, maybe they're doing very well. Certainly, uh, companies are making money, some of them, but the economy's not booming. And everybody's worried about a uh, housing uh, market that may collapse. And if that happens, then it's depression. Not depression, recession. Okay, because once the economy um, in a big sector like housing goes south, then all the other vendors go south. So I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, we've gone through enough pain economically since Biden's been in office, but it could. But he's never going to tell you that. He's going to go, the economy booming. I created this many jobs. I, I, I. And of course, he's starting from the pandemic when uh, everybody was out of work. And then he's saying he created all of those jobs that came back. I mean, it's just mind boggling. You know, I created the uh, phrase no spin zone and we have it patented. And this is the no spin news because it used to be that these people would just spin stuff. They wouldn't outwardly lie, but now it doesn't matter. They just lie. All right. COVID. Now, this is uh, very important to you, to me, to everybody. So as I told you yesterday in my neighborhood here on Long Island, everybody's got COVID and the people are vaxxed. Right now, 68% of the American population is vaxxed somewhat against COVID, but only 15% have taken the third booster because they don't trust the CDC and Anthony Fauci. That's why they haven't taken the third booster. They don't know what the third booster is going to do. And they're looking at people who have got two boosters that got COVID. Maybe I know somebody who's got four shots that had COVID twice. And it's not being defined by the CDC. They don't define it. So if I take the fifth 
shot, what's that going to do for me? The only thing that I know is that if I get COVID, it's not going to be as severe. But even that, the data is pretty shaky on this fifth shot. So a few numbers, then we'll get to our guest who knows as much as this about this as anybody. So the daily average as of yesterday was up of COVID cases in America up 6% over two weeks. Uh, the testing positive up 18%. That's a big number. Hospitalization up 8%. Deaths up 6%, 90% over the age of 65. And again, uh, fully vaccinated U.S. adults, 68%. So now there is a poll out today, economist poll, and it polls uh, 37% Democrats, Republican 27%. So it's a bogus poll. It's a phony poll. You know, more Republicans voted in the midterms than Democrats. So why are you doing a 10% down? Economist, because you you want an outcome. I know what you're doing. Anyway, the uh, question was, in your opinion, uh, when do you think COVID will finally end? 32% say it will never end. Okay, a uh, organization called the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance, IDEA, has issued a report that says uh, 52 democracies are on the decline, okay, 52 out of 104. The 104 democracies in the world, 52 are in decline, half. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that they're becoming less democratic, obviously. And who's number one becoming less democratic? The USA. Oh, so the report says, quote, the U.S. faces political polarization. That's true. Institutional dysfunction. That's true. And threats to civil liberties. What threats? I don't know, but we'll try to find out. In addition, the totalitarian regimes are having all kinds of trouble, as you know. China, COVID lockdown, thousands of people uh, demonstrating against the government. Iran shooting, uh, killing women who don't wear their burqa right. Thousands of people in the streets. Putin. I don't know how much longer Putin can hang on in Russia. So we want to get all of this in perspective. We've got a good guest, Dr. Glenn Doerr. He is a professor of international studies at Cedarville University in Ohio. And thanks for helping us out. Now, what, have you, what is this civil liberties decline or threats to in the USA. Do you, you know what that is? Yeah, we, I think some context is useful. Uh, democracy really hit a high point. Uh, uh, you mentioned 104 democracies in the world. That's out of 193 member states of the UN. And so the world is far freer today than really at any point in human history. And largely because of the United States' leadership and the military power uh, that we possess as well, that, that buttresses that. But certainly democracy has been declining by most metrics since 2006 or 2010, somewhere in there. And there are some reasonable points raised. Uh, polarization is significant. But in terms of civil liberties, this is an attack uh, really based around abortion and marriage. And it's not um, an attack that would be, it's an attack that is not centrist it really is coming from the left. And when we think about a definition of democracy in terms of substantive portions, 
certainly debate is possible where people can have their say on marriage and life issues. And unfortunately, uh, this organization does not align with most others that measure democracy that say the U.S. is still pretty stable and robust despite some problems uh, of polarization. Okay, so that's my suspicion, too, that this is a left-wing organization that takes social situations in and puts it into the equation. So if the Supreme Court says abortions have to go back to the states for adjudication, that's an attack on democracy, according to this group. But they don't define themselves that way, Professor, do they? So people just looking around the world reading this, and not many people will, I know that, but they don't get the subtext for this, do they? No, it's certainly they, they see the banner headline, and, and certainly there are uh, troubles. As I mentioned, this has been a backslide for really the last 15 or so years. Uh, significant challenges with constitutional changes or judicial changes in different parts of the world. Uh, but in our case in the United States, there's a lot that's stable, just challenges of polarization, institutional weaknesses, and, and things that I think that we as Americans can, can solve. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can cons uh, solve them at this point without a really uh, charismatic leader to uh, show us the way because the press is so corrupt here. That's the number one deficit in U.S. democracy, in my opinion, the total corruption of the so-called free press. Now, I want to give you the, some of the other countries that are democracies on the run. El Salvador, never really a democracy down there. Brazil, Hungary, you know, run by uh, a very strong-armed uh, guy. India, uh, Mauritius, East Africa, and Poland. Again, Poland, very conservative. So it looks like the conservative countries are under the gun here. Um, we've all seen the pictures in China and Iran. Uh, we haven't seen too many pictures in Russia because uh, the Russian uh, secret police don't allow pictures to be taken. If you do take them, you're going to be in trouble. But in China and Iran, we've seen enough to know there's unrest, social unrest. I wondered, in your opinion, how big this is and will it, will it lead to anything as far as those totalitarian regimes are concerned? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very important point and one really to follow because this, this could be a very interesting moment and it really could uh, lead to the flourishing of democracy. I don't see that just yet. Uh, unfortunately, the regimes you noted among, are amongst the most autocratic on the planet. Uh, China's massive put-downs of democratic movements in Tiananmen Square in 1989 or uh, the Green Revolution in Iran of 2009 or Russia's clampdowns after the 2011 fraudulent parliamentary elections. They unfortunately were all very good at uh, injuring protesters and really stopping that. And so I think uh, a lot of the playbooks are being repeated. But at the same time, there are massive numbers of very, very brave people coming out onto the streets and protesting in unique ways, holding blank pieces of paper, for example, in China, or not singing the national anthem of Iran. These are definitely cases to watch. Well, I think in the case of Iran that the people there do have the power to overthrow the mullahs if they choose to. Um, the power there would, uh, if I were the mullahs, I would be a little nervous. But in China and Russia, the apparatus, the government apparatus to suppress any kind of dissent is at its high point in history with the surveillance, the high tech. I mean, they can, they can just come in and take you away, kill you, do whatever they want. And everybody knows it in those countries. Whereas Iran, not quite so intense. 
So I wouldn't put money on the fact that the Chinese people or the Russian people are going to overthrow their uh, dictators that are really punishing their lives. It's certainly going to be very difficult. I imagine the status quo will continue. But the longer these protests last, the more pressure that mounts on uh, Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin uh, or Ibrahim Raisi uh, in Iran. And so uh, these are things to follow. I think the United States, especially the Biden administration, could do a lot more in terms of standing with the protesters. It's a double-edged sword because it does come back and say, look, uh, foreign elements are trying to overthrow our, our leaders here. But at the same time, if we think back to President Reagan or Prime Minister Thatcher, they stood lockstep with protesters across Eastern Europe. They uh, made significant statements. And ultimately, the Berlin Wall, the Iron Curtain did come down. But Biden has condemned Vladimir Putin pretty roundly. He won't condemn Xi because he's afraid that Xi then would start trouble, uh, like invading Taiwan. So uh, Biden's afraid of Xi. Would you agree with that? Uh, somewhat. I think uh, that Biden uh, certainly gives him way too much latitude. Uh, there's still a very significant economic relationship between the two countries that does need to be nurtured. There are uh, considerable points. I think Taiwan is a real challenge. It's like uh, trying to pick up a porcupine. Uh, Taiwan is very well armed. They are practiced and while significantly smaller than China, I think it would be a lot more difficult than China suspects. I think China knows that it'd be a lot more difficult based upon Ukraine. Uh, that is a real wake up call for all the dictators that if you are willing to fight for your freedom, it's not going to be a walkthrough. And certainly you are correct that the Taiwanese do not want to be under the thumb of uh, Beijing. Hey, uh, doctor, thanks very much for uh, taking time out. I know you're busy educating the urchins these days. I got one more question for you. In your classes, and this is just me, I'm just curious. Do the kids, the students, do they have a frame of reference? Do they really understand uh, where the world is now, or is it just ideological stuff? It's certainly a very difficult uh, time, especially to come of age and to try and figure things out politically, because it is a, a more challenging and polarizing moment. But many have spent time on the Hill. They've typically interned. Uh, uh, four members of Congress, so they think they have a, a decent framework. Uh, plus, the, the history lessons help. We have a number of faculty members that are quite seasoned in our department, and uh, they have a, a reference to say that it was a different time even a few decades ago, and so they're able to pick that up fairly well. Uh, and, but there's uh, certainly promise for this generation forthcoming. Good. I'm glad to see that. And we, we, we might mention that Cedarville University is a fairly conservative university. It's certainly not like Harvard. Thanks again, Professor. We really appreciate it. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go 
to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. All right, back to Trump. Now, Trump's busy. Unlike Biden, Trump is busy. So, as you know, um, earlier this month, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, appointed a special counsel, Jack Smith, to look at two things. To look at the Mar-a-Lago documents. Why, I don't know. FBI has them. Garland knows what they are. Why do you need a special counsel? I don't know. And the January 6th stuff. Again, been two years since the January 6th committee has been investigating that. Why do we need a special counsel on either of these things? Doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, Trump doesn't like it, of course, and calls Jack Smith a political hitman, which you would expect him to do. Now, there's no question that Smith is embedded in the Democratic structure in Washington, D.C. If he weren't, then Garland would not have appointed him. Just as Trump appointed Republicans to key positions, that's what the Biden administration does. Now, if you're a Republican, you're not going to get appointed by the Biden administration or Merrick Garland. Okay. Now, the only thing here that caught my eye that I didn't really fully know about Jack Smith, put his face up again, is that he was involved in a 2013 Lois Lerner case. Now, you may remember the IRS was targeting certain, there's Ms. Lerner, she worked for the IRS in Cincinnati. They were targeting Tea Party groups, trying to get them, uh, the nonprofits, thrown out of that so they have to pay tax. So apparently, Jack Smith helped Lois Lerner do that in some way, get those Tea Party groups off. It was not successful. Okay, and then, of course, this is uh, there was a regime change in 16. So it it went nowhere. But that's interesting. All right. So Smith, you know, he's a establishment guy, member of the Justice Department, helping Lois Smith and the IRS, you know, give Tea Party conservative groups a hard time. Okay, thought you would like to know that now. There are dueling investigations, and this will be the big story for the first six months of 2023. This is it. So we're getting way ahead of it. So you know what's coming. Dueling investigations. On the one hand, Hunter Biden. There are maybe two House committees going to come in and investigate Hunter Biden. On the other hand, Jack Smith. And you know that whatever Smith comes up with is going to be leaked out, you know, 35 minutes after he finds out something. And then the House committee is going to leak it, too. So you're going to have leak, 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 anonymous, anonymous, anonymous all day long. Um, So on the Hunter Biden front, this is fascinating. The grand jury in Delaware began 
hearing evidence against Hunter Biden on May 15, 2019, two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, and it's a simple case, all right? Hunter Biden derived millions of dollars from China, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan, and a bunch of other places. He didn't declare all of it on his taxes. That's what this is. Okay. The Washington Post on October 6th of this year says, anonymous sources, so you can't trust it, that federal investigators have gathered enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden. So why hasn't he been charged? If that's true, it might not be. But two and a half years, they ought to go one or the other, right? Charged or not charged. Grand jury's not hearing it anymore. They're gone, long gone. So what's going on? That's corruption. We the people don't know. The U.S. attorney in Wilmington sitting on it. And he's not going to say anything unless Joe Biden okays it. Okay, so that's one thing. And the House committees are going to zero right into that. Um, I'm not going to, I give the presumption of innocence, you know me. But the most important thing about this case is if Hunter Biden gave money to his father as vice president. That's really the crux of the whole thing. Hunter Biden's a grifter. Okay. Yeah. They'll get him. I think, on some low-level charge. But that's the big one. Did he give money to dad? Now, on the other side, um, on the uh, January 6th stuff, Schiff, Adam Schiff, says they're very close to a final report. Well, they should be. I mean, these people are just morons. This whole committee is a farce. Within a month, right before Christmas, They'll say something. won't mean anything, but that'll carry over to 23. All right, so um, let's get another point of view on this as I bloviated now for 17 and a half minutes. <laughs> Bring in Brett Tom and our go-to guy in federal justice matters. He is a former U.S. attorney for Utah, CEO of the Tallman Group out there in Salt Lake City. All right, first of all, my encapsulation of the investigations. You want to add anything or subtract anything? I, I thought they were right on the money. One thing on the Hunter Biden that has always troubled me is a grand jury serves for about a year and a half. That's the term. Um, if they claimed in the Washington Post in October that they had the basis to bring charges, the only way they can do that is reinstalling a new grand jury and representing the evidence or the more likely is a deal a plea deal which means they will have been in negotiations and discussions and when you say the word corruption because we're in the dark add to it that they seem to have been waiting for the the election and then they seem to be collaborating with the defendant and his attorneys in in order to bring what charges yeah, this they is right in this case this is right and uh, it, it's just bad, makes everybody look bad. The Justice Department do look bad. But, you know, when I, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, Brett, it comes a point now where the entire population doesn't have any confidence in the FBI. 
or the attorney general or the Department of Justice. They just think it's corrupt. And they're right. They're right. Yeah, when Merrick Garland stands there and says he now is appointing a special counsel because Donald Trump is running for election, you had allegations of money being funneled from political enemies and foreign states to the Biden family, and you had an insider claiming that it was going to Joe Biden. How do you not appoint a special counsel under those circumstances, but you do now? Yeah, to look at the Hunter Biden thing. But, of course, they don't want to know what the Hunter Biden thing is. Now, do you have any faith in the Republican-dominated committees, which will begin uh, in late uh, January, to investigate Hunter Biden? Do you have any faith in that? I do. And this is a little bit different than, you know, times past. And the difference is there are a number of whistleblowers who have come forward in the FBI. So I have spoken to, to counsel in the, on the Judiciary and the Oversight Committee that are working hard and planning out their oversight hearings. And they say they are loaded with individuals that are going to come forward with information. That's going to be difficult for DOJ and for the FBI. But it's got to be information that means something. Um, if it's just right. Hunter, Hunter Biden's a grifter, okay, we all know that. It's terrible that he hasn't been treated the way every other American would be treated in front of a grand jury. That's terrible. But it's got to link up to Joe Biden. And I'm not sure they have that. Yeah, we'll see. What they, what they seem to hint at is information from agents saying that there was a concerted effort to bury what was on the Hunter laptop. Uh, it, you know, that, that is corruption. It's next level corruption. And as well, there's uh, whistleblowers who are coming forward and saying that the FBI was manipulating and being told um, to manipulate evidence surrounding the January 6th issue, hearing and investigation. Those are, those are big revelations. No, those are I big. hope that they're, they're valid. Well, we know there are eight FBI agents that were in an undercover status monitoring the um, demonstration in Washington that day, January 6th. We know that. That has been confirmed. But then Ray won't say whether they were inside the Capitol, whether what their role was, whether they gave information ahead of time. There might be trouble. Ray just stonewalls. Are you surprised that Ray is doing that? I am surprised. I, I did cross paths with, with Chris Ray when I was U.S. attorney and, um, you know, very thoughtful, younger, definitely ambitious. Uh, but, you know, you, you have a hard time predicting the, the level of, of, you know, entrenchment that many get when they're in D.C. and in the establishment. And, you know, I've, the, the January 6th investigation, and I'll just add this real quick, Bill, I, I got to see firsthand the investigators at work. I represented uh, a client who went into the Capitol, was charged, served 30 days in, in prison. She uh, was interviewed by the January 6th investigators. Almost all the questions were about Donald Trump. She had no information, no knowledge. She wanted to know if they wanted to know anything about those that were inciting and, and riling up the crowd and pushing people to go into the Capitol. They had no no interest. Amazing. It was a very odd, yeah. odd investigation. No, that I didn't got know to that. That committee Trump. was that committee was set up solely for the purpose of pinning it on Trump. He encouraged it. He incited it. That's what they wanted. That's what Liz Cheney wants. 
That's what the report will reflect when it comes out in a few weeks. All right, Brett, thanks very much as always. Um, a lot of good information thanks, from Brett Tallman today. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Nancy Pelosi's got a uh, new documentary out on her. I love this. So it's going to go on HBO. Now, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, which owns CNN. So you kind of get the picture what HBO is. So the documentary, which I guess is going to come out on December 13th, is being made by her daughter, Andrea Pelosi. So her daughter is getting paid by HBO to make a documentary about her mom. Wait, can I get this job? <laughs> um, so, okay. I guess we're going to know what that is. Now, I'll remind you, Bernie Goldberg, he quit HBO because he couldn't take the culture there, uh, the far-left culture, which remains in place. Now, I, I want to get everybody clear. I don't care about Nancy Pelosi documenting. And, and her daughter, Andrea Pelosi, is a very good filmmaker, very left-wing but she's a good filmmaker. She knows what she's doing. And I don't care. HBO wants to put it on, fine. You want to watch it? Good. Am I going to watch it? No. Why would I? Why would I watch that? Am I going to learn anything? Okay. Disney. <laughs> These people. All right. Hot off their big bomb uh, movie uh, over the weekend. Of course, $180 million. They got 24 back over the five-day Thanksgiving break, which is a colossal bomb. Uh, and, you know, the movie's about gay dating and global warming, and I don't think five-year-olds are really interested. Call me crazy. So uh, the new CEO, who was the old CEO, Bob Iger, he has a meeting with all the Disney employees yesterday in Burbank, California. Now, we don't have any video of the meeting, which is very strange. 
Okay, very strange. Um, because some of this was virtual. You could have taken that video. When you were watching, nobody would know. All we have is an anonymous report that here's what Iger said, quote, this company has been telling stories for 100 years, and those stories have had a meaningful positive impact on the world. And one of the reasons they have had a meaningful positive impact is because one of the core values of our storytelling is inclusion and acceptance and tolerance, and we can't lose that, unquote. Okay? All right, so that's not true. <laughs> if you look at Walt Disney's history of production making, very few progressive tenants and even fewer minority participants in the Disney storytelling. Now, I don't believe that Walt Disney was some racist or anything like that. I could be wrong about that, but I think he was just a man of his times. And that's just a, wasn't the industry now. But for Iger to say in 100 years, we've been inclusive and we're the greatest company, it's a bunch of bull. Okay, but again, nobody going to challenge Iger. And the second thing is, it is this isn't about this Disney controversy isn't about inclusion and uh, acceptance and tolerance. It's not about that. It's about the Walt Disney Company going into politics in the state of Florida and opposing a law which passed in Florida that you are not to indoctrinate young children about gay stuff and transgender stuff and gender stuff. You're not, you can't do that in the public schools in Florida. It's, it's illegal. Disney opposed that. Though Disney, by opposing it, says, yeah, we want your six, seven, eight, nine-year-old to sit there and listen to all this transgender stuff and gay stuff. I mean, sane parents are going, no. If you want to help Disney, you sponsor an anti-bullying law. If you really want to help. But no, this is just virtue signaling. That's what these people do. So I said about a year ago when this controversy broke, I'm not doing business with Disney. And I'm still holding to that. Now, I'm not calling for a boycott. And if I had young urchins, because I did take them to the Disney properties when they were little kids, I would probably do that because the kids, it's a magical experience. It is still, and it remains so. Now, only rich people can go because Disney has raised the prices so high. If you're not affluent, you can't go. I don't know if that's inclusive. <laughs> think it is. Uh, talking about universities in New York City, um, a 21-year-old, Din, D-I-N, Barekterovic, Barekterovic uh, threatened to shoot up the school. Okay, he was arrested. And he was suspended from the school and barred from campus. Within hours, this guy was let out, no bail. So he issues, I'm going to kill people. I'm going to do it. They arrest him, and he's out. So why can't he kill people now? He's out. And this is in New York State, the most liberal, uh, you know, outside of California, crazy liberal. 
And what do you hear? Oh, we can't let these people around. They make a threat. They have to do this. We have to. And they do nothing. So let's just all pray that this guy doesn't come back and start killing students in the City College of New York. California, even worse. So there is a law, Megan's Law in California, which says that once a pedophile is released from prison, that the uh, neighborhood where that person goes to live has to be alerted. Okay, so um, there's data about how much time these people spent. 7,000 convicted sex offenders in the state of California. And we're talking about crimes committed on children under 14 years of age. 7,000 had their prison terms shortened to less than a year. 7,000. You know why? Because of Prop 57. In 2020, proposition on the ballot, Californians voted. It classified pedophiles who abuse, sexually abuse children under 14 as a nonviolent offense. The people of California voted, said, yeah, that's right. Comes a point, what are you going to do? This isn't Newsom. It isn't the loopy Sacramento legislature. This is the folks. Now, I'll submit to you, most of them didn't know what they were voting for. They had no idea, but that's the problem. So now, if you live in California, 7,000 out there. At least. That's just the, re- the latest stats. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. And I've I've said this before, but it's really getting to be critical mass now. Do not give your personal information to strangers. Don't do that. Okay, look, I get robocalls, you get robocalls. The more you give out your personal information, the more calls and and stuff in the mail, don't do it. And the fraud is astronomical. They get your social security number, you're dead. There are thieves, this is, you know, legions of thieves operating on the internet. Don't give out your information. Now on BillOReilly.com, we do not sell our lists. Everybody else does, because they'll pay pretty good money for hundreds of thousands of names. Not us. We will not do it. Because I know how harmful it is selling lists. Because then you're going to be besieged by people you don't know or don't want to know. But you yourself, somebody calls you. I don't even take those calls. I won't even take them. Okay, I'm rude. 
But please, even to friends, don't tell them about your personal stuff unless you absolutely have to. It never is a positive, ever. Thank you for watching and listening to The No Spin News. Uh, We will see you tomorrow, and we'll cover that big USA-Iran soccer game. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you.